Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about your business, not just out there do it and execute it. What I find is with the level of overwhelm and craziness out there, that oftentimes you're not investing that much time kind of reflecting and thinking about kind of where you're heading. This podcast series is supported by my friends at Professional Remodeler, as well as many of the alliances out there that I truly believe are helping you take your business to the next level. Today, I want to talk about a topic that is really, I think, not only relevant to certainly the economic and certainly the industry times that we're in, uh, but it's also, I think, relative to uh, kind of the the time of the year and the time of the year as we move towards the end of the year, we start to think about next year and what our plans are. Uh, This time of the year, we start to see the holidays come in. This time of the year, we see a lot of the uh, football and the sporting activities that are out there. And the title of what I want to talk about today, that's really more of a theme, I think, than necessarily anything else. However, I'm going to unpack it in a very tactical way here in this podcast, is the whole theme of pivoting. You know, and this notion that I'm just hearing people talk about, you know, you need to think about pivoting. I know many, many years ago, a good friend of mine who won an award, he said it in his award speech is a business of, is a, if a business is not changing, it will become irrelevant. And I remember giving kind of, uh, quoting him in that and speaking to a group of, of remodelers. And one leading legendary remodeler said, you know, I don't really like the, push my team to change. I like to have my team think about adjusting what they're doing, not necessarily changing. And I know it's a little bit of semantics when it comes to change and adjusting, but this whole notion of pivoting, I think, is really relevant to the times that we're in today. You think about pivoting as you're driving along, just making a slight pivot to avoid an accident or a mistake. Or you think about pivoting when it comes to, you know, in sports and in football, if that uh, offensive quarterback just kind of pivots to one direction and tosses to a a uh, halfback in terms of the a particular play, that oftentimes is a way to uh, gain ad- additional yardage. You know, we think about pivoting as being almost like little audits that we're we're making. You know, as I think about it, pivoting is more about adjusting maybe one, two, three degrees. It's not fundamentally changing who you are, what you're about, what your product and service is, but it's changing enough that it can be the difference between success and failure. You know, if you're flying in a jet from Washington, D.C., out to San Diego, pivoting one or two degrees is the difference between going to San Diego or ending up in Mexico. So it's really important, I think, that you start to think about this notion of pivot. What are the things that I need to do to adjust? Now, 12 months ago, I think the times were very, very different than they are today. 12 months ago, we had a lot of headwinds when it came to supply chain and labor and all sorts of challenges out there that some of those residual things exist right now, for the, but for the most part, they're much, much different than they were in the past. 
you know, 12 months ago, we were dealing with very different economic conditions uh, out there in terms of inflation, new home construction, all those kind of key indicators that we had out there uh, really have pretty dramatically changed. And 12 months ago, I think our consumers in many ways, our clients out there were pretty tolerant tolerant that they were still dealing with post-COVID stuff, just starting to come out of jail, very empathetic of what you were experiencing. And today, that's very, very different. So because this change, not because I think of this as a newfangled kind of business strategy, but because of the environment changing, because of the defense changing, the offense needs to pivot slightly to be able to be, I think, a little bit more uh, uh, more uh, successful. So I think it all really starts with, I think, having the right mindset. And there are three elements I think I'd encourage you to have the pivoting kind of mindset out there. And if you can adapt these mindsets, I think some of the strategies and some of the tactics that I'll be outlining a little bit later in this podcast might make sense. But the bottom line, if you don't have the right mindset to pivot, that if you're very rigid and wearing a straight jacket, you or your people in terms of your processes and your systems and your overall thinking, then chances are you're not going to be very successful or certainly be able to enjoy the pivoting process. The first is that it's really time more than ever, I think, put your ear to the ground. Now, you can say that it's always a good time to have your ear to the ground. But I think in this world of pivoting, you need to not just be kind of rigidly following plans and systems and processes. You need to put your ear to the ground. You need to put your ear to the ground in terms of what what the environment is telling you in terms of the clients. You need to put your ear to the ground in terms of the metrics in your business. You need to put your ear to the ground in terms of what your people are saying and feeling. You know, now more than ever, you need to be focused on listening carefully to some of those dissident voices uh, within your organization that are really telling you a lot of things that are going on. You know, this notion of quiet quitting that we oftentimes are hearing about or we have heard about, you know, is really real out there. This notion of shifting people in and out of the office, virtual versus live, face-to-face, how you structure your meetings, uh, the tolerance that I think people are having. You know, you need to be very, very sensitive and have what I would say your ear to the ground more than ever. You need to be engaged and you need to be engaged deeply with the environment, with your people, and certainly with your clients. The second thing is a mindset is, and this is tough for some of you out there, is you need to kind of pump the brakes on your rigid forecasting. Matter of fact, I was up at a Harvard meeting a few weeks ago, and the head of research for Kohler bumped into me in the Harvard campus and said, Mark, what's the headline right now? She said, a year ago, you told us we need to stop forecasting. And I I thought about that because, you know, this notion of forecasting is what, you know, I think any planner, certainly uh, from a guy that wrote a book on time management and planning, you know, forecasting is an integral part of that. However, the problem with that forecasting is it just doesn't work the same way as it did in the past. So I think you need to put less emphasis on what 
that plan is and forecasting and getting down to the degree that you're, you're very rigid about your forecasting and a little bit more kind of, you know, light of foot, a little bit more willing to adjust and listen to what's going on out there. And then lastly, I think how you go about and the pace and the cadence that you go about your decisions is really important. A friend of mine, Dan Watson, who's the president of of, uh, Neil Kelly Company, said a little adage that I've been thinking a lot about, you know, slow is smooth. So if you just slow it down, I think you'll be able to be a little bit more smooth. And then smooth ultimately ends up being fast. So this notion, slow is smooth and smooth is fast, I think is a mindset. I think we have this tendency at times to think that we have to react and make certain decisions very, very quickly. However, I think because of the wind shifting, because of the talent being out there and more available than they were six, nine months ago, we can, in fact, I think, adjust how we think about things and the pace at which we think about things as well. So I've come up with seven examples or ways that you would pivot, I think, in this environment, especially as you plan to wrap up 2022 and then move into 2023. Now, these seven ways are just ones that I'm really here more to, I think, kind of prime the pump and get your wheels turning about what these things are. But I encourage you to really gather your team together and come up with your own ways to pivot and adjust as you're moving forward. Number one is I think when you think about pivoting, I think you need to think about one to three years as a little bit more of a dream rather than a plan. And I call it a dream and I call it a little bit more of a fantasy because there's so many things out there that you cannot predict. I remember back in in April and May of 2020, I actually predicted that about 25% of the remodelers wouldn't even make it through 2020. However, as I said, in the fall, literally three, four months later, I was 100% wrong. Everybody made it through. Not only everybody made it through, in many ways, the home was kind of the poster child, and therefore, they had record, record years in 2021. So, you know, it's important, I think, that you think about the future and you think about it more, a little bit more as a, a dream or direction. And I'm not saying for a moment that you don't need to have a destination and where you'd like to head, but stop wearing it like a straitjacket. You then need to think about a plan, a plan that you put into place that you have budgeting for and those things like a three to six month plan. It doesn't have to be a one to three year plan. It can be a three to six month plan that you have economic things laid out. You have a decision process in place. You get the team kind of rallied up behind that plan. And then most importantly, you need to have a detailed execution plan for 30 days. You know, think in terms of a 30-day execution plan. And then as you're moving through this 30 days, adjust it as you go. Adjust it as you go. And again, be a little bit more light of foot. But this is important, I think, that you adjust this thinking that it's not necessarily spend huge amount of time and energy and then fall in love with your plan and then be frustrated that your plan won't come to pass. I think the times that we're in require a different way of 
thinking and not necessarily projecting out to exactly what it needs to be. And again, it's a different kind of way to think about your business planning process, but it is equally healthy and I think could have you be successful. The second element in terms of the pivoting is looking at your client a little bit differently. You know, we've been hearing a lot of things when it comes to the client in terms of them wanting to push the pause button, or we've been seeing cancellations. We've seen all sorts of client-related things in the last 12 months to today that are really quite different. So I would just encourage one area to pivot is really focused behind the curtain on what's going on with the client. Your client has always been your biggest competitor, not other remodelers and builders, but it's your client. And the three things within your client that I'm really encouraging you to not only think about, become more masterful on, and become more masterful of the client as being a little bit of their therapist, a little bit more as the psychologist, a little bit more of the marriage counselor in all of this, because I think that they're the reason that things will not proceed the way you would like it to, and I think you can, in fact, control it. So the three things are you really have to become more masterful of client fears. Now, I don't think that's that difficult to do because I think if you just look in the mirror at your own fears, you're going to determine what your client fears are too. You know, your client fears are just looking out in the environment, the uncertainty, the unpredictability, uh, what's going on in terms of the economy. All those kind of things uh, are client fears that just cause them oftentimes to just push the pause button and not do the project. It's also their ignorance. You know, your clients absolutely think because of some of the volatility and the cost of things that it's very likely the cost of remodeling might go down. If you do not believe that's the case, then it's really up to you to be the voice of reason to be able to explain to the client what's going on. And you've got to do this early, early, early on in the process. And then lastly, you've got to deal with the client overwhelm. They're out of jail right now. COVID is kind of past tense right now. And because of that, the level of overwhelm with all the other elements in their lives, that's what you're really competing against. So you've got to be very, very focused on trying to reduce the client overwhelm in terms of the remodeling process. Number three on my list of pivoting is you've got to make people first. You know, I've been working with, you know, some different companies on kind of growth of remodeling businesses. And, and the fundamental difference between a one and a three and a five and a 10 and a $20 million business, it's not the product that you do. It's the number of people that are involved in the process. So you've got to be able to be focused on people, people first. It's the people that ultimately creates a really healthy and great business. Yes, processes and systems, quality work, all those kind of things are kind of given. However, the people are what makes the difference. And I think if you really take inventory of the people that you have, you know, what are the squeaky wheels that don't necessarily fit what you're all about? You know, three questions I really encourage when it comes to any of the inventory of you, you take people. Can they do the job? Will they do the job? And do they fit? And when you run that filter through all of your people, but more than just having the right people, you have to have the right alignment of the people. This takes time and energy. It takes your leadership in terms of having the right time, having the right alignment. And I think getting the right alignment and doing it in a creative way and spending the calories to be able to do that 
I think will make a big difference. And I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a 10 degree shift. I think it's a one or two degree shift in terms of how you put your time and your energy, but make people first. Number four, marketing is a top priority. Now, most companies out there, they spend a certain amount of money. It could be anywhere from two to 6% if it's a full service. If it's a home improvement company, it could be eight to 18% in terms of marketing costs. So it clearly is not about just the money that's involved, but you've got to make marketing a priority. We clearly have seen a softening, and that's not just local. That's all across the country. We've seen softening in terms of the phone ringing for all the reasons that we're aware of. Now, the good news is if you look at some of the leading indicator of the modeling activities, we're not expecting necessarily remodeling to drop to either zero or in the negative. We're expecting in 2023 about a 4 or 5% growth. So that growth might go down, but I think you can counterbalance that growth by putting more time and energy into the marketing. It's all about the calories that you're putting in. It's all about the time you're putting into to marketing. For those that are spending 2 to 5% of their time on marketing, spend 5 to 10% or 10 to 15% of the time on marketing. It will come back and pay off in many ways. But you can't do just the rote things. You can't just flip the switches and expect that's it. You've got to get creative. You got to deputize the rest of your team, your trade partners, your alliances to really make marketing a priority. And you've certainly got to take care of your client base and not have them be strangers. Number five on my list of my seven pivoting items are You've got to think about the scale of the remodeling projects that you're doing. Now, if you look back at the crash of 2008, what fundamentally happened was not the number of projects or the number of clients went down dramatically. It was the size of the projects. Now, Today, you're still seeing, I think, many of the healthy size projects that are there. However, you've got to watch this carefully as you're moving forward, because when you see that dip down, that's going to have a sub- substantial impact on your business. In 2008, the leading design build firms, the average ticket dropped about 30 to 40 percent, resulting in a business drop of about 30 to 40 percent. So you can't even imagine that level of change happening today. However, if you see some softening on the size of the project. So what does that mean? You've got to be able to focus on the right size projects. You've got to downsize, sell down a bit to the client, go for a few more projects, but actually go down in terms of allowing the size of the project. Don't allow the budgets to get out of hand because we're seeing a lot of closures out there, cancellations, and people pushing the pause button. I think you can control that by being a little bit smarter about selling down and not selling up. Cleveland Research actually did an interesting study that they actually showed that homeowners out there today want their project. They want the new kitchen, the new bathroom, the new whatever it happens to be, the new deck. However, they also are willing, willing to adjust the specifications down to be able to get it. It's not like it was 12 months ago that they said, well, let's just put it off and we'll get 
what we want when we want it. No, they want their projects. They've been waiting too long for it. And I think it's really, really important. Matter of fact, Google actually said 68% of the people that did a project in the last two years are planning, planning to do a project now. So you, if you can right-size the project or sell the project with a little bit lower specifications, I think you'll be more successful. Number six on my list is training. You know, training has always been a mantra of mine. I've watched companies in, that uh, were, were coming out of 2008, and those companies that, you know, invested more into training did not see as much of a blip uh, in terms of adjusting, and they've actually grown probably twice, three times those companies that haven't invested in training. But training really is an investment, not an expense. So now it's really important to, to think of it, what is my ROI? What's my return on investment, return on my energy when it comes to the training I'm putting into this business? You know, I think your your culture training, your product training, but most importantly is sales training. You know, 12 months ago, your salespeople were out there uh, as order takers, and today their axe is very dull. I see this time and time again in working with different organizations. It's critical that you're spending a lot more time and energy on sharpening the sales axe, sharpening the sales techniques, the sales training, and I think if you can do that, it'll counterbalance what's happening out there. Number seven on my pivoting is kind of, again, a little bit of an overall theme, but just don't go it alone. You know, this is two wild and crazy times out there. When I'm talking to 30, 40, 50 different remodeling companies, it's really interesting how they think of themselves and they think of what they're experiencing as a really unique kind of thing, but it's not. Everybody's experiencing very, very similar things. And those that I think have embraced this notion of not going it alone are getting through this storm much, much better uh, than those that are trying to get out there on their own and, and brave it. I think if you're not going alone, it means that you want to certainly internally be more embraced with your team, but you also want to retain a coach or advisors that really help give you, I think, the insights. You want to be more engaged with the associations. You know, show up for those meetings. Don't just uh, have it on your logo that you're part of an association. Show up and listen carefully to what other people are experiencing. Think about joining roundtable groups or bringing in some of your alliances, some of your trade partners, so that you can really not only have that as, as a, an ear-to-the-ground kind of insights, but you also have deputies out there that can help you take it to the next level. You know, you've heard of the adage, you know, none of us are as smart as all of us. Try to really pivot and leverage that thinking and spending a little bit more time with this. So I just want to kind of summarize in this whole notion of adjusting and pivoting is going to be the difference in my uh, uh, mind of being successful and not. You know, we've seen in the last couple of years a real divide, a divide between those companies that really have their act together and have been successful and those that are just missing the mark. And I would argue they're missing the mark by a little bit on a bunch of different categories. And if you could just focus on the seven things that we talked about in this podcast, I think you will see a lot more success. Take care, everyone.